This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Join you the morning after Arsenal have beaten Zurich 2-1 away in their first opening game of the Europa League group stage. Good morning. I hope you're well. I hope you're doing good. I hope you've had uh, as best of a day uh, as can be. Of course, many of you will know that you join me on a somber morning here in the UK after some very saddening news that dropped yesterday um, in which we said goodbye to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Um, and, of course, it was, I think, kind of... It was nice to see the respects paid at halftime. I've never personally seen a, a moment of silence delivered at halftime during a game. But, uh, yeah, it was it was nice to see that. And uh, I was watching a few videos yesterday, and, and in particular, kind of one that popped up, was uh, the one of where the Arsenal team under Arsene Wenger were invited to uh, the Palace. Um, there's a great picture, as you can see on the screen, of Arsene Wenger and, and Her Majesty um, discussing. And I mean, there's a, there's a kind of a joke made about the cannon that was delivered and, and gifted to her. As, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that no other team has been ever gifted that invitation to the Palace in the same way. So uh, what an honour that it was Arsenal. I remember reports coming out um, kind of years and years ago that Arsenal were actually her team. Whether or not that was true or not is, of course, up for debate. Um, But uh, I do remember reports coming out suggesting that she was. Um, But I just wanted to obviously uh, reference and talk about this this morning. And uh, it would have been ill of me not to but good morning everybody joining us in the chat box hope that you're good uh matt g good morning to you good morning to kaiser to simon to pj uh, and olu good morning to martin good morning uh to afc west mids and amira and Stephen. uh good morning to marcus good morning to morgie um who says tom i have been alive for all of her reign please take a quiet moment to remember her on behalf of the tgt community god bless absolutely and i hope that that morgie has done it justice indeed um 
let's uh let's move forwards and uh move forwards to the rest of this morning's show um the reason i join you at 8 a.m is not only to discuss the arsenal news but of course when there is a game we do need indeed to discuss it so uh, Arsenal played yesterday against FC Zurich in what was probably a disappointing game in the end. I don't think it went the way that many of us hoped that it would. Um, I think that we were hoping for something a lot more. Before we get into it, though, the link in the description is still there uh, for you to enter into the competition to either win a signed Thierry Henry or Dennis Bergkamp shirt. So take the opportunity as best you can. Uh, I'm very happy that... For the next week, at least before I go away on my honeymoon, uh, Football Prizes will be extending its time with us. So that's positive as well for the channel. Um, so do get involved. I think about half of the tickets have already sold, 51 tickets out of 99. Uh, and there's a chance to win an instant prize as well, which is one of the three official kits of the team uh, for this upcoming season. So it was, as I say, a bit of a mixed display. Um, I look at this very much as a response that we needed to the Manchester United defeat. I understand it very much as a changed team that lacked regular minutes and consistency. And I think that that is obviously always going to have an impact on how fluid and how how you perform. There were a number of, of course, players that started the game that have started a number of other games, such as Martinelli, um, Gabriel, of course, Xhaka um, and, and, and Lokonga uh, maintained their positions. But Nketiah, Marquinhos, uh, Fabio Vieira, Kieran Tierney, um, Rob Holding, Takahiro Tomiyasu and Matt Turner all came into the side and uh, Marquinhos and Fabio Vieira making their first starts. Marquinhos making his debut for the senior team. And as I think Priscilla says here, it's a win and a win is a win and we love the three points. That's all. And that's important that we won the game because, you know, not all of the English sides playing in Europe won their games yesterday, especially a certain Manchester United. It's amazing what happens when you don't have Paul Tierney on your side to give you victories at Old Trafford. Wink, wink. Um, but what I think is this performance was uh, still one of those dominant displays where we created chances and, and couldn't take them. Ironically, I think we actually created far more clear-cut opportunities at Old Trafford than we did in St. Gallen. And I, I say St. Gallen because the game wasn't actually played, of course. Um, it wasn't played in Zurich. It was played at St. Gallen Stadium because of the Diamond Athletics meet that went on in Zurich. So, uh, it was a stadium still with an incredible amount of noise. The Zurich fans are brilliant, um, you have to say. It's amazing going to some of these away grounds and seeing the atmospheres and seeing the spectacle of it. Uh, Kaya, my colleague, I know, was in the in the stands reporting on the game there. But yeah, it was uh, an amazing atmosphere and potentially that had an impact on this young team. But to be honest, uh, we got the job done and that's what matters. Marquinhos' goal was excellent. Considering this guy is left-footed, the control in which he kind of put onto the shot after what was a good cross from Nketi. He did get a bit, a little bit fortunate with the deflection from the uh, from the cross, but actually the control to put it back across the goalkeeper and high into the top left-hand corner, really solid, good pace, good desire to get up the field on the right-hand side and get to that ball. Uh, and Nketi on his own weak foot managed to get the cross across the box and meet his target. Uh, really solid stuff. And also, as Crispy Rice says, props to our own away fans who were absolutely brilliant as well. 3,500, I think, made the journey out to Switzerland. It was absolutely fantastic to see a real, really full stadium for a game of, you know, what would Arsenal, I think, consider low priority on their list in the opening part of the campaign. 
Uh, Eddie and Ketia, of course, got on the score sheet as well. I didn't think it was an amazing performance, particularly from him. I didn't. He didn't shine quite like you know we've seen others shine in certain games of opportunities, getting the assist, getting the goal. Of course, a little bit of the sheen was taken off his performance by giving away the penalty. It's a classic striker moment in the box where you're just trying to clear the ball, and then a player gets in front of you, and you just kick through, and it's a clear foul, and it's a clear penalty. But uh, and Ketia getting on the score sheet to win things was important. It was a very similar chance to, I think, the one that he had. Uh, do you remember the game against Everton, not last season, the season before, where he came on and we were 2-1 down and he had that headed opportunity at the back post and he just couldn't get it on target? Clearly, this shows some development. It shows that training. It shows an improvement in his heading and accuracy uh, in this game. And he was importantly getting that on target and obviously making it very difficult for the keeper to save and uh, managed to get the goal. A word for Marquinhos as well. One of the best kind of in-swinging crosses you will see. Uh, and for a 19-year-old doing what he did was absolutely brilliant. Um Matt Turner started his first game for Arsenal, and it's fair to say he was unconvincing. Now, I'm not going to use this game to kind of drag his name through the muds or um, diminish what I think is potentially a very good goalkeeper still. But I do think there was an, a moment in the first half in particular that he felt he um, kind of fell foul of. Gabriel plays a really poor pass back to him, a really poor pass back to him. Um, I think on his weakest, I'm pretty sure Matt Turner is right-footed. Um, and of course, when you're a goalkeeper and your distribution is still part of your game that you're developing and improving, when you're playing a ball to your weaker foot and you're outstretching to get it, and then that closes the gap between you and the players trying to nip the ball off you, he should have just spanked it, you know, out of the out of the game. He should have absolutely just whacked it off the field. He didn't, and Arsenal got a little bit fortunate. Um, and there were other times when crosses came into the box that he didn't look confident. Um, he didn't look like he knew whether or not to come and claim for the ball or not. But as I say, he's going to play in more games. He's going to play in the other Europa League games. And I'm sure more questions will be answered. He didn't cost us very much. And if it's a case of that he doesn't do well, just like with Runison, we will just move him on. That It's it's not a case we've invested 30 odd million quid like we did into Ramsdale. We will just move on if, if he's not good enough. Um, now, I don't want to go to that position today here uh, because I don't think we've seen enough of the guy at all to get integrated, to get his opportunities going. But I think for a second goalkeeper is you don't really get too many opportunities to show yourself. So when you're given those chances, you need to take them. Um, and I think for that reason, we need to just stay calm for the moment, but stay vigilant of these performances. And if they do, or if they are deemed not to be good enough, then obviously I think the club will react. We have done that in the past. You think we brought in Runnison, we reacted in January and we brought in Matt Ryan on loan. There's nothing to suggest that that wouldn't happen again if we didn't, if we weren't happy with Turner, that we would not go out and bring in a backup goalkeeper as well. Um, Vieira had a strong debut. He did get the ball away a couple of times in some dangerous situations that led to opposition chances. But overall, I thought his creation was really good. I thought his energy was really strong. He's actually quite fast, um, especially off the ball, like running back, chasing back. He has got speed to his game. The pass through to Nketiah, which led, of course, to the first goal, was an excellent piece of, of close control to take it away from the players. And then the through ball was just perfection. Um, so, yeah, really strong, I thought, debut from him. It's his first start, so we're never going to see the maximum from Vieira in his first game. We're going to see more and more come from him, and he'll be given more opportunities from the bench in the Premier League, I'm sure. And, of course, in the Europa League, I imagine he'll start 
most, if not all, of the Europa League games. It would make sense for him to do that. We do have PSV, of course, on Thursday if it does indeed go ahead. So he should hopefully be given an opportunity in that game as well. Uh, now, Mikel Arteta didn't look particularly happy throughout the entire performance. Now, he didn't take part in any kind of post-match press conference or post-match interviews for very obvious reasons, but it was very obvious from watching him. And I know that he's not the happy chappy man, the happiest chappy man in the world. You know, he is pretty he's pretty stern in his kind of uh, in the way in which he moves around the area at times, but he didn't look happy at all. Um, really did not look good um, and happy with the performance. And I'm not surprised because the performance was not great. It wasn't a great performance whatsoever. And I think that when it comes down to seeing his team perform and his kind of alternative options perform, he needs to see more. Now, I think we can be proud of the performances of Marquinhos and Nketiah and Vieira to a lesser extent as well. I think Xhaka was strong. I think Tierney had a really good game on the left-hand side as well. Um, I think Rob Holding could have been a bit better. I think Gabriel didn't cover himself in glory either, to be fair. Um, Tommy Asu, I thought, was okay. Lokonga, I thought, was okay. Um, but yeah, there were performances that could have been better. I was a little bit disappointed, I suppose, that we needed to, or felt the need to bring on Bakaya Saka. I thought it was a good opportunity to give him a rest. He may inadvertently now be given that rest, um, you know, because we're forced to, to rest our players this weekend if the game's are indeed expected to not go ahead, which I don't think they will, if you're asking for my opinion on that. I don't think they will go ahead this weekend or next weekend, which would mean our next league game would be against Tottenham on the 1st of October, which is quite a, a different prospect to the idea of playing Everton at home this coming Sunday. So there is potential that Tottenham will actually be Arsenal's next game with the games of the next two weekends potentially not going ahead. Unsure about the Europa League game on Thursday against PSV, that could still go ahead. But uh, in regards to the Premier League games, I'd be very surprised if the next two fixtures do not go ahead at all. Um, so, yeah, uh, do make sure you check out the prize in the description. We're going to jump into part two and your questions uh, in just a second after we've taken this very quick break. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, then. Uh, let's jump into the chat box. Let's tackle some of your questions uh, that you're going to be throwing in there. Uh, let's go to uh, TJR, who says, I felt disappointed by the sub-patterns. Major weakness in Arteta's game. 
I wouldn't read too much into this one. I absolutely do read a lot into what happened in the Manchester United game, and I've already talked about that at length. However, um, I don't read too much in the, in the subs in the Europa League games. I really wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't read anything at all into it. Uh, Gunnar David says, uh, did you see Ben Jacob's tweet to Reed Mudrick? I did. I was going to talk a little bit more about that in tomorrow's show, along with the other transfer news, because, of course, we do talk more about the game than our real reaction series, unless I talk more about it a little bit later on today. But, yes, I did. Um, is it unsurprising that when he was asked about if he would say no to Arsenal, he said no, he wouldn't. Obviously, Arsenal is a significant step forward from Shakhtar Donetsk um, with respect to the Ukrainian side. But yeah, that's that's positive. I like the guy. I think there's a lot of quality in his game. I think we saw that during the tactical breakdown that we covered on the channel. You can go and watch that in our tactical breakdown playlist that he is a very highly thought of guy. Uh, his goal and assists against RB Leipzig uh, a couple of days ago was fantastic. Still a very young age. Still, I mean, very versatile and can offer so much more to a side if we were to bring him in. But Marquinhos is here. Let's see now with him given the opportunities to play in the Europa League if he can indeed be that wide option to support Bukayo Saka. There's always an obsession around Arsenal needing to bring in a new toy with never ever actually giving a chance to those that we've already brought in. And he was, he is a new toy. So it should to some degree, you know, whet the appetite of most people to see what Marquinhos can bring to the side. I don't want to hear this, he's not ready yet. Let's watch him. Let's wait and see what he brings to the team because based upon what we saw yesterday, I was very happy with his performance indeed. Um, Iris says, Tom, can we start the Man United going to the Europa Conference League slander yet? Absolutely. Until it's not possible and they turn things around, we can always laugh at Manchester United. It's always a very welcome part of any of our shows. Uh, Amira says, seeing a lot of Turner slander online, specifically mentioning him uh, being American, apart from a few nervy moments on his debut, what, he, what did he do wrong as a backup? Thought his long balls were quite good. Uh, just specifically, first, I'll talk about the criticism um, of his game. Distribution could be better. Long balls, sure, that is a part of most goalkeepers' games. Um, he was quite poor at commanding his box. Uh, I think that's a fair criticism. On the American bit, it's just xenophobic. It's just, I'm, not, I'm just going to say it as it is. It's just xenophobic. If you are at all making a relation between the fact he's American and any criticism of his footballing ability, it's just xenophobic. It's just what it is. So I would encourage you to curb the criticism if that is indeed your motive behind it. Uh, I'm just not going to stand for it, really. Um, Triggy says, do you think we haven't seen the same Arsenal that was in pre-season? Uh, I mean, in terms of the, the pre-season feel, there's always going to be something different because they're non-competitive games. What I do think is we've seen with our first team in particular, a side that's dominant, a side that when we saw the likes of Jesus and Zinchenko and Martinelli come into the side in pre-season, it lifted the performance. Jesus, I think, lifts the performance of this Arsenal team and has done and can't, not carried, but certainly inspired how good and how dominant we've been at the start of the current Premier League campaign. So the same, you're never going to get the same, but what I do think is you're going to get, you know, what you're going to get is an impressive kind of um, follow-on from a good preseason, And I think we've seen that. Tommy says, Tom, where's the loan review? Good question. The reason why I've not done the loan review yet is because I am going on my honeymoon on the 17th through to the 29th of this month. So, because I want to pre-record some content for you guys whilst I'm away, I'm going to save the uh, I'm going to save that content for uh, my honeymoon break. So that will be pre-recorded and that will be uploaded whilst I'm away, so that you are not without content 
for an extended period of time. So that's why I'm saving the loan review. I'm going to be uh, reaching out to our loan experts over the course of the next week to compile uh, all of the loan reports I can. I want to get one on Austin Trusty as well, because apparently he's been doing quite well for Birmingham. So I need to get hold of a Birmingham content creator. So if you have any suggestions, do let me know who you think I should reach out to, because I'll be very up for that. Um, Just Sheldon says, I thought we would have games because of the World Cup, but I am wondering where they would fit them in. I guess that's for the Premier League to worry about. It is. Um, it's a good question, though, but because of the World Cup, they're already condensed in regards to the season. Just having a quick look at the fixtures after October. So we play Tottenham on the Saturday, but a glimpse on the Thursday. Liverpool on the Sunday, but a glimpse again on the following Thursday. Leeds the following Sunday. Man City on the following Wednesday, October 19th. Southampton the following Sunday. PSV then again on the following Thursday. We then play Nottingham Forest on the 30th of October. Uh, we then play Zurich on the 3rd of November. What, Chelsea on the 5th of November. Wow, that's that'll be changed. I imagine that'll move to the 6th on the Sunday. And then there is a gap. So there is a gap between the Chelsea game on November 5th, which I imagine will be moved in November 6th, and the Wolves game on Saturday 12th. I imagine what they'll do is, is they'll put a game between those two fixtures. So Arsenal will, from this point forwards on October 1st, because I can see both the Everton and Brentford games being postponed, um, they will play two games a week all the way through until at least Sunday, November 13th. I think they're in, obviously that is our last game before the World Cup then kicks off. We then come back and play West Ham United on Boxing Day before then playing Brighton on December 31st. That is five days, four days, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31st. Yeah, five days later. I should have done that maths much quicker than needed to use my fingers. <laughs> um, so is there potential that they would put a game in between there? It would be tight, really, really tight. I suppose they couldn't really because we're actually meant to play Newcastle on the 2nd of January, just two days after the Brighton game. So, yeah, there is a big gap between the Newcastle game and the Spurs game, but I think that's probably for the FA Cup third round. Uh, there is also a gap between the Spurs game on the 14th of January, which could get moved to a Sunday, and the Man United game on the 21st of January. So there's a gap between those two games. Whether or not that's for a League Cup fixture, if we get that far in the competition, we'd have to wait and see. I imagine it probably would be. There could be chances. It would depend on how far Arsenal go through in the Cups. But yes, it's going to take some pretty serious rejigging of the fixture list to sort out these imminent postponed fixtures the Europa League games though in particular don't really know where you can move them that's going to be very very difficult indeed uh Alfonso says Dom do you think the money that you was used to Vieira and Marquinhos would have been better used to sign an established CDM as a priority in the first team absolutely not because if Martin Erdegaard was to get injured and has faced injuries I mean even this season he's been an injury risk we need Fabio Vieira because if Odegaard goes, our number one source of creativity in the midfield goes with him. And that's why it was absolutely imperative that we brought in someone to back him up. In defensive midfield, we look right now at the moment with a team that is quite thin. Because Partey and Elneny are out. But if everybody is fit, we have as many as five players that can play in that deep midfield position. We have Partey, Elneny, Lokonga, Xhaka and Zinchenko that can all play that position. If we were to have not spent the money on Fabio Vieira, if Erdogan gets injured, we're down to Smith-Rowe, who is a very, very different player to Erdogan. 
So if there's any suggestions that you're seeing that we should have not signed Fabio Vieira instead use that money on a midfielder when we already have five players who can play in that deep midfield position, yes, maybe they're not naturals in that area. I'm not going to have a debate about that. That's certainly true. But we needed someone to push and support and cover and compete with Martin Odegaard. So no, we absolutely needed to bring in a Fabio Vieira type. It was imperative that we did that. Uh, Paul says, why are we so poor at converting good chances into goals? This has been a problem for years. We have a very young team still. Uh, clinical finishing needs to improve. Composure needs to improve. Jesus certainly is going to help with that. It's just an area of the game that needs to get better. Uh, I think the quality of chances we're starting to create are better. Our XG has shown that. You know, you look at the expected goals of this season. I think we're only behind Manchester City so far at this point in the campaign for expected uh, expected goals, potentially, or maybe expected points. So I think that, yeah, we, we are looking very, very strong still. So at this moment in time, I'm not yet um, kind of worried at all. Uh, Chris says, I'm sometimes nervous to mention that I'm an American in a Premier League chat. Chris, you really shouldn't be. You shouldn't be here, at least. And I suppose this follows on from the comments made about Matt Turner and the fact he's American, which is ridiculous. I hope that anyone who comes to this chat box feels like no matter where they are from in the world, you know, no matter where you are, no matter what colour you are, that you are very welcome and uh, you are treated equally and all of your opinions are very much valued. Um, so, yeah, Chris, I'm sorry that if you've ever felt nervous in this chat and I hope that these words encourage you uh, not to be nervous and that you can put your comments across. Um, let's go to uh, Zach, who says, Europa League group stage is a great test for this season's second team quality. Uh, we have injuries in many areas, but still shows we need more quality. I'm still patient as growing youth and transfer policy. You know, it was great to see some of the youth players. Amario Koja Dubri was there. Um, Matt Smith, of course, was there as well. Lino Souza did travel, but was not part of the squad. Catalin Kurjan was there too. So all of those things are great. But obviously, strength in depth is something that's always been a question of Arsenal, always been a question of whether or not we have enough we did bring in six players in 2021. We brought in five players in 2022. That's a starting 11, you know, across two summers. And we're still lacking strength in depth. People question, say, should we have let go of X player, Y player? I'm not fussed about the players we let go if they're not good enough. You know, they're not good enough. The players we've moved on have not been good enough to keep in the team, be it Bellerin, be it Pepe, be it... Um, Maitland-Niles, Bits, Runison, you know, all of these players that we've needed to move on, we've needed to move them on. The different the difficulty with Pepe in particular is, of course, that we were planning, hopefully, on bringing in a wide player. The injuries in central midfield meant we pivoted and we ended up bringing in no one, unfortunately, because of that time. However, we did bring in Marquinhos, who looks a very good talent, and I'm hoping that we can see him perform. If we're being very honest, the big kind of a lot of the praise that Pepe got for his goal record was improved by the goals and assists that he got during the Europa League. So if Marquinhos can replace Pepe's contribution that he makes in the Europa League group stage games, at a minimum, he's already covered part of what Pepe has brought to this Arsenal team. I'm just hoping that we can potentially see him come off the bench in the Premier League games and have more of an impact than what Pepe was having from the bench. Not his fault, because he should be given more opportunities on a regular basis, just wasn't available to him. But hoping that Marquinhos can adapt to being given opportunities in the Europa League and coming off in the bench in the Premier League to give us more. That's what I want to see. 
Um, Nick B says, do you think we'll wear our black kit on Sunday? We won't play on Sunday, Nick. Uh, I'm not expecting us to play. I'm expecting there'll be an announcement this morning about the postponement of fixtures. I don't know that for a fact. It's just my theory, but I'm expecting the games to be postponed. Uh, Anton, in answer to your question, yes, I think that they will be postponed. I don't think the game against Everton will go ahead. I don't think the game against Brentford next weekend will go ahead either. That's, again, not based on any kind of facts that I have. It's just my expectation. I would be surprised if both weekends go ahead. The Europa League game potentially could because it's a European fixture. However, it is being held on English soil. So whether or not that impacts things, I just don't know when they would rearrange it for. I don't know where you fit that fixture in. Very difficult to do. Um, let's go to Francois, who says, last Premier League, we were two players from the top four. It looks the same to me now, though too early. I believe Arteta knows this is his baby now. Injury or not, he has to deliver, period. Too much money spent already. Um, I think that obviously what the mistake a lot of people make is perhaps looking at the spending of Arsenal in isolation without taking into context the spending of other Premier League teams as well. Arsenal have spent a lot of money. Arsenal have needed to spend a lot of money. Arsenal have had a very poor squad built by very poor recruitment in the past. We still saw some of those mistakes carry on into the current regime's early period, but have addressed that since then. I, for me, am very happy with the way that we're recruiting. I don't put expectations on what you achieve based upon how much money you spend. I think that's slightly ignorant of what other teams are doing in the Premier League as well. But there does come expectation. And my minimum expectation is to qualify for the Champions League. I think I saw a thing. Um, oh, hold on. <coughs> oh, the TGT sneezes back. Um, I think I saw a thing uh, with Lee Judges. Uh, I can't remember who it was he was two in the show with. But someone said about the expectation on Arsenal is about winning, challenging for a title because of the amount of money we've spent. I'm sorry that that opinion is purely designed to provoke a reaction from Arsenal fans. That is it. It's not true. It's not even real. They probably don't even hold it properly. Um, for me, no. There is no realism in Arsenal and an expectation of a title challenge this season. Next season and the season after different story if we add the right players. Arsenal need to get to that stage. You're not going to see me sitting here in two years' time going, oh, well, the minimum expectations only the Champions League qualificate. No, that's not forward thinking. We need to be in a position where we can challenge for the title because we ask, what's the point? What's the point of doing anything if that's not your end goal? Arsenal this season need to absolutely qualify for the Champions League as a minimum to take that next step. Following that next step, once we've got ourselves in the Champions League, and I know there's a discussion around whether or not we then need to establish ourselves in the Champions League, but I really think genuinely in the way in which the state of the Premier League is, with so many teams being so competitive, there is never a guarantee anymore of establishing yourself in the top four. Arsenal and Arsene Wenger, and whilst we praise Arsene Wenger a lot, and I do give him credit, a lot of credit, for keeping us in the Champions League over those times of real kind of, you know, financial scrutiny. If we're being very honest about the state of the Premier League, it was far less competitive than it is now. The Premier League now is made up of what is described still as the big six. Even for me, it's the big one and then the next big five. That's how I kind of look at the Premier League. But then beyond those, you've got other teams that have been trying to push up. West Ham have been really trying to push up. You look at the money spent by other Premier League clubs like Wolves or like Leicester in re previous seasons. Leicester have done obviously fantastic. You won a Premier League themselves. We've seen other teams push forward up the table as well. We've seen Aston Villa try to spend big money. We're seeing Nottingham Forest come into the Premier League and spend over £150 million. You know, it's a different league than it was 10, 15 years ago. There is no more establishing yourself as a top four side. Arsenal need as they their next step to qualify for the Champions League. I think that should be the aim for this season as a minimum. 
But Arsenal need to position themselves as best they can to push on so that top four isn't the minimum, but the champion that, that trying to challenge for a title is what the expectations are at the beginning of a season. Chelsea don't win too many titles in this day and age. You know, they did. I think their last title was what under Antonio Conte. But they still start the season with an expectation that they will push for a title challenge. It was this year with the money that they spent, they would. It was last year when they brought in Romelu Lukaku. Chelsea start the season with the ambition of winning a title. Arsenal don't. And despite the fact that Chelsea have failed year on year on year on year on year to do that, it has not changed the perspective of how they start a season. They still start a season with the aim of trying to push for that title challenge, no matter how difficult it may be. Arsenal need to be in that same mindset. But despite the fact that there is a clear gap between us and Man City, like there is a clear gap, in my view, between Chelsea and Man City, we still need to go into that season with the mindset and change this mindset that top four may be the minimum expectation this year, but that following on from that, we need to then push towards challenging for that Premier League title. So there, that's kind of my view on that situation. Um, Let's go to uh, Freddie, who says, why is everybody complaining about last night? We played the whole game in their half, played well, saw a new player arrive, two new players arrive on the three new players, if you count Turner, and lots of people got minutes. Positive night. Yeah, look, I think some people just want an excuse to moan. (laughs) It's genuinely how I feel about it half the time. You know, I'm really happy with the way the season started. I'm really happy that we got the win. You're not going to win every game at a canter. It's not going to happen. Zurich aren't very good. I've done plenty of research that tells me Zurich aren't very good. And I was surprised actually how yesterday's performance and the actual performance of Zurich as well. They did not strike me as a team that I'd heard so poorly about leading up to that game. Uh, Certainly not a team that hasn't won a single game so far this season. They struck me as a better side than that. But at the same time, I am happy that we won the game. I'm happy with the individual performances. But I also think that you can contextualize the massive changes in the lineup and give that as a reason as to why maybe it wasn't as fluid as the way that we've been playing in previous games um let's go to um let's go to tim who says it's the big one the competing for top four and the shoehorned in spuds with nothing but dust in their trophy cabinet there you go uh let's go to uh addy who says uh last few seasons we relied heavily on abamyang to score now it seems we're relying on saka just like relying on abamyang luckily we have jesus martinelli Odegaard, and others who have scored. Yeah, I don't think we're relying on one player. I think that Jesus has definitely taken kind of the prerogative to become this tip of the spearhead, if you like, for Arsenal right now. But Martinelli's been fantastic. Erdegaard's been fantastic. Xhaka's been fantastic. Zinchenko's been fantastic. Saka has not yet been on that same level as I don't think as those guys, but he's certainly showing promise of getting back to his best. Scored against Man United, good sign. If he gets a goal, I think that really propels him forward. So hopefully... In the next few games or so, we're going to see an improved outlook from this team. But yeah, we're not leaning on one particular player this season, which is really, really good. Um, Arsenic says, did anyone notice Vieira was a few seconds ahead of our forwards when he was supplying them with dangerous through passes? Yeah, I think that that speed of thought, obviously, he's going to take some time to adapt. He's going to have to take some time to adapt with Jesus. I think if he's with Jesus and Martinelli and Saka, I don't think then he sees that as much of a problem, but he did have a young front three in front of him where Martinelli's the only real real senior regular in the side. And Ketia, Marquinhos are not up to the same kind of regular speed. And Fabio Vieira's level means that he is producing balls and passes that are maybe on a high level of thinking that we currently had in that side. I look forward to seeing him given the opportunity to play with Jesus and with Saka 
Uh, and potentially even with Odegaard as well in the same team. That's going to be something I'm really excited to see happen in the future. Um, if you haven't already, drop a like. Make sure you've done that. It really helps support the channel. Um, so I would really appreciate it if you indeed would go and do that. Um, Supercat says, uh, it's great to see that our mystery winger has finally arrived. Marquinhos, match of the day. Uh, man of the match performance yesterday. Uh, Ayush says, uh, Tom, in your opinion, Vieira should have scored that chip over the keeper. Could have done better. Really difficult chance. Never easy to take those. But yeah, could have done better. Could have scored. Would have capped off a really good display. Uh, Ojo says, Marquinhos's reluctance to take on his man doesn't look like the makings of a top winger. 19-year-olds tend to be braver getting Chelsea Willian vibes. Oh, Ojo, that is harsh. I like the fact that he cuts back and plays those crosses into the box. I think he's got a great cross on him. I think that's what the difference between him and Pepe has been. Whilst Pepe had that confidence to try and take players on, not all times he made the right decision and his reluctance to maybe play the pass held him back creatively. I don't think that Marquinhos has that same restriction. I think that Marquinhos can assess a situation, recognise he may not be able to beat his man, and then play a really fantastic pass into the box when need be. He put a really a couple of really good passes in. He played a couple of really good long balls over the top and through balls as well. I think with age will come more confidence. He's only just come into the, uh, the English game and the European scene. It's going to take him time to build that confidence up, and I think that goal will do him wonders. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, do you think that Jesus is trying too hard to compare to pre-season? I don't know. I just think that's what he's like. I just think that's what he's like as a player. I don't think there is any suggestion to me that he's over-trying it or overdoing it. I know that he likes to jump into these challenges and jump into these duels with big defenders and he often wins and comes out with them. I think that's just part of his game. I think that's just part of who Jesus is. So a massive uh, appreciation towards that because we've needed that type of character in the team for quite some time. Uh, Ronald says, would you go for a better striker if you get Champions League? Because Jesus can play on the wing also. Not necessarily. I would bring in a wide forward still with that capacity to play in the middle and bring us cover. I think the wide forward is a position that we still need to make sure we bring in a quality player with in next summer. There's a clear reason why we went for Rafinha. The club clearly wants to bring in a player of upper echelon calibre to bring and support the attack. So I'm not surprised if they will still do that during either the January or the next summer transfer window. So I think that will still absolutely happen. Um, let's go to uh, Vivian, who says, too much criticism for a team that haven't played before together. They will get better. Couldn't have agreed with you more. But I says, with games looking like it'll be postponed, will this add on the fixture congestion? Without any doubt, the fixture list will become even more congested. Arsenal will be expected to play two games a week for the foreseeable future. It's just the way it is. More games for us to enjoy, more frustration and potential injuries for the team to endure. Uh, CWK says, how did we get William vibes from this guy? <laughs> that gets a goal and assist on his debut. That is the worst take I've ever seen in a while. Harsh on Ojo, considering that William did also score, I think, and potentially even get an assist on his debut against Fulham. Um, I understand where he's coming from. There is a lack of confidence to perhaps take players on, similar to what we've seen with other players like Willian, but they are two different ends of the spectrum in terms of their development. And so I think we have to give Marquinhos a hell of a lot more leash. Uh, Amira says, were you surprised to see Martinelli play the full 90? Was hoping he'd come off for Jesus so we could see him and Eddie together. Arguably, yes. It's not actually, it's, it's actually a very valid point. I don't know why Jesus didn't come off for Martinelli giving Nketiah the full 90. It's a good point. I don't know is the answer. I, I was surprised and I don't know why we instead decided to do that. 
Um, let's go to um, Arsenal. It says, how did we not bring Bazunu? What a goalkeeper from City's youth team. Is he the goalkeeper at... Oh, where is he? You're going to be screaming at me in the chat box. Uh, who does he play for? Uh, is it Southampton? Gavin Bazunu? Yes, it is. Um, I think he's playing. You know, he's playing week in, week out. And if you had the opportunity to play for Southampton as their starting goalkeeper or Arsenal as a backup, you can see why he would choose Southampton. You know, he's taken that next step. Uh, they've now got a goalkeeper for the future. If he does really well, I expect another team to come along and buy him. I imagine that City probably have a buyback or some kind of sell-on clause in their deal with them as well. They do like to include those types for their young players. So, yeah, I think that whilst he looks a very good goalkeeper, um, I think that it wouldn't have made sense to him to choose Arsenal over Southampton when he's going to be getting a Premier League match every single week. Uh, JDB says, Tom, would four-wingers, the likes of Saka, Martinelli, Mudrick and Marquinhos be a good four-wing option? It would. You know, you can't disagree that that would not be a really good kind of group of players to have. You can also throw Smith Rowe. I know he's not an out-and-out winger, but he's certainly a wide playmaker that could add to that team as well and those options that we potentially have too. Um... Max says, morning, Tom. I watched Lissandro Martinez. He is too aggressive and rash. He is going to give away plenty more fouls. We dodged a bullet there. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it was actually quite enjoyable to see him uh, in that moment, in that game, give that away. So hopefully, not a reality. I don't want him to have a reality check. I want him to continue on this chaotic path that he is and continue to cost Manchester United. I look forward to when Man United come up against teams that are more aerially dangerous. If Ten Hag is smart, he'd bring in Maguire for Martinez. If he isn't, he'll continue to play him. Uh, Sanjit says, what do you think about Marquinhos on the right wing and Saka in Odegaard's position in case we need it? As I've mentioned before, there's a hope that he can come in and compete and give us more depth and cover and competition in that position. Um, Kennedy says, does having Tierney and Tomiyasu together hinder Arsenal's positional dominance like we have seen in the first three games, where Zinchenko and Ben White have been in the team? Absolutely. If you if you think about um, if you think about uh, the way that Zinchenko plays, it is very very different to Tierney. Tierney's all left foot. His right foot is non-existent. You know, he's all about getting to the touchline, taking the player on, fainting one way, running to his left, running down the wing, getting the ball into the box. That's what Tierney does. Zinchenko more inverted, a lot more technical, a lot more interplay that goes on with him and Xhaka and Erdegaard sometimes, and the left winger. Uh, ben White and Tommy Asu. There's more similarities between them two, between Tommy Asu and White. I think White arguably adds more balance to his Inchenko kind of style back four. I'd rather White paired with the uh, on the right back position than I would Tommy Asu if Zinchenko is playing. I think it just gives more balance and kind of moves to a back three more more easily. But I like Tommy Asu and I like Tierney. I don't think there's any need to criticise either of them at this stage. There's just it's a different way of playing when you have Tierney compared to someone like Zinchenko. Um, let's go to uh, Gautam, who says, uh, any idea on Nelson's injury status with Smith Rowe out until uh, at least he can cover Martinelli in Europa? Uh, October, I imagine, is when you'll see Nelson back. He was out for uh, about two months when he suffered his injury back in August. So, yeah, I'd imagine October is when you'll see him. Um, Belay says, Tom, did you watch the PSV game against Burnley Glimpse? It ended in a draw. I didn't. No, I knew it ended 1 1, but I haven't watched it back yet. Haven't had a chance. Need to go and do that today. So I'll get a chance to go and watch those two play and get anything from that that we can. But it's a good result for us. They're the two big challenges for our top spot. So it's a good result that they have drawn that game and we've managed to win ours. 
Uh, Abdul says, Tom, would you still get, take Gakpo next summer? No idea. Have to see how he does. There's no point, you know, really answering about who I would have now because fast forward six, seven months, we're going to be in a completely different place. Eight, nine months, you know, a completely different place next summer. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Mad says, nah, did you watch Liverpool though? I did. Goodness me, they look poor. I'm kind of gutted that we haven't... I mean, when do we play them? Is it October? At home? You know, we should be targeting that game as an opportunity. We should really be targeting that game to take it to, to Liverpool. When we when you attack Liverpool, and I tell you what, Saka against Trent's going to be interesting. Martinelli, sorry, Martinelli against Trent's going to be interesting. Trent just doesn't look interested. He really does not look like he wants to defend at all. The amount of clips I've seen of him just like walking around the defensive area, not when Liverpool are attacking, when Chelsea, when sorry, when Liverpool are being defended against. You know, that really genuinely is worrying if you're a Liverpool fan is is what Trent's doing. And I think Klopp needs to change him. I think Klopp needs to bring in a Joe Gomez to that position, give them a little bit more balance. They don't really have the players to make their rotation as much as probably they need to. But I would definitely, if I was Klopp, be bringing Joe Gomez into play instead of Trent because Trent is costing them big, big time. Big time. I don't think it's a case of him looking burnt out. I think he's just lazy defensively. I, I just think he's lazy defensively, personally. Uh, I think he's always been neglecting his defensive duties. You know, there are so many other right-backs in the world that work forward. You think of Brook Norton Cuffey, you know, Arsenal says he, he enjoys and relishes one-on-one -on -one defending and attacking. And I don't think that Trent has that same desire to defend, you know, and I think that's a problem. I think that's a really, really big problem. Anyway, uh, before we go off on too much of a tangent about other teams, I think it's best if we wrap things up here. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to this morning's show. Um, I really appreciate the support, as always. Do drop a like on the video. We will be live. If you're not done with chatting Arsenal, I will be live at 10 a.m. over on the Arsenal way this morning as well, breaking down yesterday's fixture in more detail along with my guests, as always. So do go check out the Arsenal Way channel link in the link tree in the description. If you could support the channel by just dropping a quick like on the video. If you want to go even further, you can join up as a member and join our Discord server as a TGT ambassador or expert member. Link to memberships, as always, in the link tree in the description. Just follow the links through there and it will take you through. Also, you can just press the join button down below if it is available to you. If it's not, go onto your laptop, go onto your computer. It usually pops up if you go and view the videos on there. Thank you so much, guys. I will see you a little bit later on. Have a fantastic day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there is 
it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.